Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 169. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. Yo, dude. Niners won. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they beat the Panthers. It was, uh... It was honestly a pretty big gap, but, uh... It was a little scary, because Bosa, he's, like, our best guy on defense, and he almost got fucking got... Like, he almost got injured. Like, he got a little injured, but it was like, oh, my God, is he injured? And it was kind of scary. But he's, like, the like he's leading, I think, like, sacks right now. It's pretty crazy. I forget uh, mm. the full stats, but. Yeah, my dad has just been, like, focusing on what, what little is left of baseball this season, which is, like, the playoffs. Like, he mentioned that the Mets got knocked out, and I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> the, the crazy thing, though, this week. Uh, yeah, the Giants apparently were terrible this season. Yeah. But the the Buffalo Bills, they I think it was like a, either a kickoff or a punt. Either way, they received in the end zone on their side, full, or no 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 it wasn't that it was um, there was a throw they they were all the way at the end zone, there was a good throw and drive all the way to a touchdown. So full like if you count the pass to just the rushing, it was a hundred yards, mm-hmm. just in one play. It was it was spectacular. It was it was really cool to see. Anyway, we don't really talk football here that much. You know, just a little bit, a little bit. And also, uh, I only watch. We're starting a new uh, sports show called Sutra Sidelines. Oh my God, that's actually (laughs) really good. That's that's, that's actually popped in my head and it was like, it's too good not to waste. Yeah, that's really good. That's that's actually really good. Yeah. Holy shit. Damn. Write that down. Um, Yeah, Uh, this is Sutra Side Talk. We talk what we've been watching and playing. And then uh, every now and again, some news, or not now and again, a lot recently, uh, news of, uh, you know, gaming and movies and t- television and whatnot. But also, actually, here in San Francisco is Fleet Week. And I cracked up because I went on Twitter just to see everyone's footage. And they're like, out here enjoying the show. And you just hear the jets and there's nothing because it's just yeah, fucking it's so clouds. Sad. You couldn't it's, see shit at it's all. So, it's been so foggy this week. Like, And so, this yeah, is the like, first time in three years. The Blue Angels have been back now because of COVID. They weren't here. I could have sworn they were flying around before. I don't think they were. It's been like three years. Yeah. I want to. I think. I think it's been three years. I could be wrong, but it feels like it's been forever. I think it's also because they've been all inside, so we haven't really been like going over there to check it out. I. I'm not too sure, but either way, it was sad and foggy, and it was actually. I feel like it was the darkest and coldest it's been in a while. Honestly. Yeah, it's getting cold, dude. Like, it feels like fall, like winter, and it's like not quite there yet. Yeah, it's it's weird for October. Well, October there is usually sometimes some rain, but we haven't gotten any still. Like, there was one a, a little bit in September, like literally one. When I say one, I mean like a day, and it wasn't even a full day of yeah. rain. Um, but if there if it's gonna be like this, you might as well just give us rain. If it's just like this without the rain, though, get that shit out of here and give me the sun. So, yeah, yeah uh this week though so october is here we already did one episode it was on um all those fun shows what we do in the shadows and primal and love death and robots uh the next four episodes are going to be fun because this week and next week we're catching up on a lot of shit uh pretty much the backlog should be cleared out within these next two episodes i'm actually moving the gundam episode to november so miles and i will do that plus it works out because he's getting a new mic because his phone's fucking shot and miles doesn't have a computer and it kills me and that also delays our up to it down to it episode we're actually going to record today that i didn't get to but 
Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, the plan is today we're going to talk Clerks 3 because we got to go see that in a big-ass theater in the Castro Theater in San Francisco. Kevin Smith was there, did full q and It was really fun. That was super fun. Uh, but we can go in on that movie. Honestly, also, we could talk a little bit about the just view askew universe a bit. And also the five movies he just said he was going to do, which I thought yeah, was hilarious. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, he's got like... I thought he was going to retire a few years ago, and he's talking about his next five movies. <laughs> yeah, and then um, we got that. Some backlog stuff. The news this week is going to be... Uh, CD Projekt Red's kind of timeline of different titles they got coming up, both Witcher, Cyberpunk, and another new IP. And then also a little bit of talk on the Super Mario trailer. And then next week, we're going to talk Cyberpunk Edge Runners. We both watched the show. We're going to talk about that. And whatever we don't get done backlog-wise this week, we'll get done next week. But also, I'll have finished the campaign story for Mortal Kombat 11. So I'll talk a little bit of Mortal Ooh, Kombat sweet. and Injustice 2. And then uh, maybe Haunting Ooh, a Blind yeah, Miner. I should, they just give away Injustice 2 on PlayStation Plus. I should also play that so we could talk, I could talk about it. Yeah, it's... I mean, you know, these stories are very... that long. Yeah. yeah, they're very fast. You can get through them pretty quick. I think it took me two days. Uh, get uh, through. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, and so it wasn't even like full playthrough either the entire day. It's just like I, I played for a little bit one night and then I played like a few hours or so the next day and yeah was done uh and then the last two weeks are gonna pretty much be fully horror oriented like i'm gonna try to get some in next week just so we can lighten the load a bit but i'm playing we're it's pretty much gonna be a lot of mike flanagan stuff so uh midnight mass next week will probably be blind manor uh the new one midnight club maybe the terror season two uh stuff like that nose two, the netflix dracula stuff and then also the week of Halloween, uh, I think we'll come out on Halloween will be the Werewolf by Night episode. We'll headline that one. And then also, hopefully, after Mortal Kombat 11, some games that are more horror-ish, like uh, Outlast 1 and 2, Resident Evil 7, Until Dawn. And if there's time, maybe some other stuff. But, you know, I'm not trying to always say a bunch of stuff and then not actually get it all done. So I'm trying to keep it more realistic now like not everything i just said we'll be able to do but i'm gonna do my best but we'll tr- yeah we'll try <laughs> yeah also also i almost forgot uh somewhere in the beginning of november is extra life doing it again so nice uh follow me on twitch go go comzilla i'm gonna be streaming for 24 hours and maybe maybe i'm not too sure yet i might also stream earlier later on in this month when I start some of those horror games, I might just like uh, do a little bit of that just to test it out and just do some streaming just for the hell of it. Cause I never stream outside of extra life. So it could be fun just to try out and be like, Hey, watch me play a horror game. And I probably won't get freaked out. Like people normally would do in their streams, but I'll just be like, ah, that was neat, you know, <laughs> shit. So yeah. Fair yeah enough. Fun stuff. You got any ideas on what you might play for uh second life? No. What the- extra life. Extra life. Oh my God. <laughs> honestly i haven't had a chance yet i'm just happy like i did a bunch of digital digital cleansing um i did three big things i told you right last week i cleaned up my entire phone app my phone gallery oh yeah, uh, you yeah you were doing that. i got through all that so that was finished i got through all my emails which was really nice oh, and then God. the third thing i've been meaning to do that for so long it's just like yeah it's it just cool. keeps getting worse it's a small amount where you don't have to really scroll anymore which is so fucking nice and then the third thing <laughs> is one person You've seen her before on this show, Momo. 
yeah. <laughs> on TikTok, I had over 200 unread video like she sent oh me like, <laughs> since like no this isn't like just re- this is since march so i've just been like oh i should get through it so all today like for honestly like in between loading screens and playing cycle uh watching football doing some other shit i'm just like going through all these fucking videos and i'm like this is dope this is dope this is dope so now she's gonna check her phone and see all these like this person's reacted in this way to all these videos uh. <laughs> But yeah, like to bajillion things. <laughs> it's the the issue is I purposely didn't put notification settings on TikTok, so I don't see notifications. Mm. So I'll forget. And the only time I really go on is now when I post all the clips I throw on there for us, which we finally made it to the Demon Slayer area, which, which is, is on nice. not your ma- like main account. I only have one account. I only have the podcast uh, account. Oh, yeah. TikTok. I was thinking Instagram. My bad. Yeah. Um. So that was yeah full catch up, but I'm glad that's finally fucking done. It's great. Feels good. Feels good to have that off my chest. And I'm sure Mama will feel good to sing all those notifications. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But all right. Uh, first off, we're going to do the Super Mario Bros. trailer. Are you ready? I am. All right. So we got this trailer. It was a Nintendo Direct that was pretty much like five minutes long. Yeah. At first, it was just like Miyamoto like, hey, we got this thing. Dude, like, the, the, the Chris movie. Pratt segment was so fucking weird. Chris Pratt's just like, hey, it's me, Chris Pratt. Well, they paid me to was, be here. He, tr- I don't know. Like, maybe he did play Mario when he was a kid. I don't know. But, like, he, he tried to make it seem like, oh, yeah, I've been playing this for years. And he was like, I remember stomping on Koopas. And he's like, he literally, he had to, like, think about it. Second. It's like it's like hearing The Rock being like, "This is a ten-year project for Black Adam," and I couldn't get the accent or the ears of the hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack Black though then talked, and you know, Jack Black being Jack Black never disappoints. Got yeah. you hyped up, and you're like, "Thank you, Jack Black." And then you see the trailer, and the trailer we hear some multiple voices, some not important, others more important. Like the penguin yeah. wasn't really like- important. The other Koopa. Yeah, we got the Penguin, which it's hilarious that they're even like... Isn't that Philomar? Oh, uh, I don't know who the Penguin was. I think the Penguin is Philomar. I'm actually going like, right now. I know, like, they mentioned who the... Who's voicing Kamek, but I don't... The name isn't familiar to me. But, like, yeah, Bowser is Jack Black. And um, we also got to hear a bit of Toad, who is Keegan-Michael Key. And then Mario, who's Chris Pratt. Okay, comic is Kevin Michael Richardson and Kevin. Oh, yeah. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those things where, like, I know I'm pretty sure he's like a well-known voice actor. Oh, he's that, like, he's Captain Gantu in Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, that's that's and Goro in Mortal Kombat. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, he's definitely. Oh, done he's the Mahler that... twins in Invincible. Also, the two dudes that keep cloning themselves. Oh shit! Interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was gonna say. It was like he's done stuff that you would recognize. I've just never heard his name before, which is unfortunate. But yeah, and like the, the Kamek voice, I thought was really great. Like, it's super funny to me that literally all the voices in in the trailer. Like, I was actually really surprised at how much I enjoyed that trailer. I was, I was expecting a Super Mario movie trailer. Like, I was not expecting much out of the Super Mario movie, especially after they announced the the casting, and it was all just like superstar studded cast and i was like oh they're just trying to hope that people go to see like the actors and not because it's a good movie but dude like it's actually fucking funny like from the the penguins like bombarding bowser with snowballs and he's just like 
this is nothing and i'm gonna yeah they're like do you yield or like yeah and he's just like i do not and he blows down their entire castle i was just like damn bowser's actually a threat in this yeah also it was kari payton sorry not philomar who voiced the penguin king kari payton uh i didn't watch up to it but uh he is uh ezekiel in um walking dead the guy with the king with the tiger oh yeah i don't know if i got that far i don't think so it's nice i stopped watching it's not important but also he uh he is uh cyborg and Teen Titans Go. I don't. Wait, is he oh, also, is he cyborg and yeah? So he's basically yeah, he's cyborg, I guess. But yeah, so like it's just weird to me that all the voice actors feel like they're doing such an amazing job, except for Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like when they finally got to Mario, I was just like, oh my god, what's he? Get, is he gonna do an accent? And it's like a little bit, like. There's one line where you can kind of hear he's sort of doing like a Brooklyn-ish New York Italian accent. To the mushroom. Let's go to the mushroom kingdom. Also, someone pointed out that like he says like, you know, mushroom kingdom, here we come. That's what it was. Yeah. And what he should have said was mushroom kingdom, here we come. What he should have said is mushroom kingdom, here we go. Because that's what Mario says. And I'm just like, oh my fucking God, are you serious? Also, I don't know if you've seen this, but, like, people have been comparing the voices of Mario from, like, the different regions. And, dude, the French one straight up just sounds like Mario. Dude, the fucking it French one. Insane. It was insanely good. So fucking good. It. I was yeah. like, dude, this just sounds like an attack. I can't. All right. Would you say the Mario that we're hearing Pratt attempt to do is this just Chris Pratt attempting a Boston, Jersey, or New York accent? Yeah, say. that's about it. Like, yeah. literally, as soon as he started speaking, I was like, oh, it's just Chris Pratt. Is it just, I, it, what do you think it is, though? Do you think it's, like, a Brooklyn, like, a... I think it's supposed to be Brooklyn, New York, because, like, that is... I, I think canon, canonically, Mario is supposed to be, like, a New York Italian plumber, but it's just, like, not... Mario Brooklyn. Mario and his brother Luigi Mario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, I'm, so, I guess, long story short, I'm way more impressed than I thought I would be. Yeah, I would and, say so. I kind of didn't expect Chris Pratt to do like a phenomenally great voice because he's like all his voice acting roles he's done is basically just his own voice. So I wasn't in his defense, I will say like I was telling some other people, it's like, you know, he's been in the Lego movies, Emmett, and, mm-hmm. and also technically Rich Dan- Rex Dangervest, who is also yeah. Emmett, just more depressed Emmett. Uh, those are fully excusable. Those worked perfectly for the sheer reason that those were original characters that would fit Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mario is a more well-established character with a very, very well-established voice. Mm-hmm. And even though it doesn't have an insane amount of dialogue, but his voice is still like, you know, legendary and having Chris Pratt do all that shit. Yeah. It feels very just like, bro, this dude's going to be Garfield too. Like, fuck. Oh my God. You're fucking right. <laughs> like, God that. damn it. Another, uh, another creature that eats Italian food is going to be Chris. Oh my God. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even, it's just gonna be Chris Pratt. Like I'm, I'm a big orange cat. I'm Chris Pratt. Like I'm also trying to be from Brooklyn. or some I'm bullshit. walking here. I'm walking. I'm walking uh, here. Dude. I went to, I remember when I was in New York, I was like, what a fucking place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Chris Pratt, 
we all knew it was going to be disappointing, and I'm glad he lifts up to disappointment, if anything, I guess. It, I guess it could be worse. It could not be Boston or fucking Brooklyn Chris Pratt. It could be just Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt. Like, yeah, at I'm least Star he's Lord. trying. Oh. Yeah, yeah he's, he's trying, half trying. Like, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Luigi, we only hear like a scream from him via Charlie yeah. Day. I'm, and honestly, it works for me. I'm I'm still I'm still apprehensive just because I don't no, want to just I want Luigi to still be Luigi. He's also like I don't want to be like yeah Mario's the only one that's actually Italian. Luigi was never Italian. Like they're both fucking Italian. So if Charlie Day is just Charlie Day, then that'll actually still be disappointing. The only difference is Chris Pratt doesn't have a charismatic voice that you're like oh my god, like I can listen to him doing anything. Whereas you know Charlie Day. He's Charlie. Like you're, yeah. you're, you kind of give that a little bit of a pass because you know you're. You then expectingly think always sunny in Philadelphia or something, uh, which is funny actually. I just cut our always sunny that the Ireland season. I just oh, cut yeah. clips of that from TikTok like earlier this week, so it's still in my fucking head with all the COVID shit. When yeah. Anyway, uh, so it's a little bit more excusable. Just like I mean, Seth Rogen. It's probably just going to sound like Seth Rogen for Donkey Kong. That's one of the few but things. But that one's that more excusable dis- because Donkey Kong and Seth Rogen actually feel like they yeah. match together. That was one of the few things I was disappointed we didn't see in the trailer. It was like I was really hoping to see like a glimpse of uh, Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong. But Yeah. And we'll see how we'll Anya Taylor-Joy's Peach is. We haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. That's but true. the two that, you know, we heard Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, which is great. Dude, like I had to like listen to that clip multiple times and it's just like i can maybe kind of hear keegan michael key but like he did a crazy voice doing... and then they pitch shifted it that's yeah, all that's i can thing. say i don't know how yeah. much they had to pitch shift it but like it's just like it actually is a pretty good toad voice yeah and his hit you can tell he has a he can easily do high pitch no problem mm-hmm. uh and then of course jack black is bowser i wasn't sure if it was just gonna be jack black and then we heard it and it was not jack black like it it barely sound it, you could hear the roots yeah. of jack black but otherwise he fucking did it bowser is already guaranteed to be the best part of this movie oh yeah and i'm so fucking happy that it's gonna be like jack back jack back jack <laughs> black playing a threatening bowser that is so fucking awesome that i never thought they would be able to do that so that is what made me go okay I think I'm good for this movie. At least with Jack Black, even if the protagonist sucks ass, I'm good with this. Yeah, so. it's super interesting that they're going with like, like Bowser is an actual threat and not just a joke. And also this, this comes hand in hand with like, you know, I think later on in 2023, we're getting the Universal Studios Hollywood version of the Mushroom, uh, the Super Nintendo Land. And, right. you know, Nintendo is starting to expand. They're like, we're doing theme parks and movie now. And, you know, eventually they're going to do, I think, a Donkey Kong area in, Jap- Jap- uh, in the Jap- Japanese Universal Studios. I don't know. What I it think was like. that does sound familiar. I think. Yeah. They're doing that. Donkey Kong Country. And I'm sure after that would be like Zelda or something. But they're doing that. No, and they got to have like cart rides in that. <laughs> but also you can expect like, OK, we're getting a Super Mario Bros. movie. You can expect a sequel and you can expect potentially a Donkey Kong movie after that. You could kind of see them doing it all hand in hand. That's what I'm saying. They're like, you're getting mario and donkey and then donkey kong after probably for both and then they'll go like okay we've been trying this out we've been experimenting it's working throw in zelda now like let's do that uh and and it's gonna be cool seeing them grow in these areas though hopefully they don't kill more uh musical youtube accounts (laughs) because yeah Yeah, i was just telling chris (laughs) earlier today that like 
Nintendo doesn't sell their music for their games separately. So people literally just like, well, fine, if you won't sell it and you won't like let us stream it anywhere, we'll just pirate it and put it on YouTube so people can enjoy it. And yeah, they just keep striking down those channels. And so it's it's like, there's literally no way for people to just enjoy Nintendo music except for like listening to it on your Switch through like the Smash Bros. like ultimate thing because there's just like a bajillion tracks on that. It's gonna, what's gonna happen is their movie and theme parks are gonna pick up and then the weakest link is gonna be their fucking video game area. (laughs) It's gonna be like, yeah, everything's great. The gaming fucking sucks. I mean, the games themselves are great, but everything else just fucking sucks around them, pretty much. Uh, I feel like it's like if someone goes like, I'm working with Nintendo, and you just go, there's only one Lord of the Rings, and he does not share power <laughs> with, with you. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, the Super Mario trailer. And then next up is CD Projekt Red News, and they announced more or less like five games or some shit. Yeah, like a lot. Like, I was honestly, like, I heard about it afterward, and I was just like, wait, how many Witcher games? What? So, I got here, I have their little uh, Instagram slide. First off is Cyberpunk 2077 Orion. So, Orion is a code name for our next Cyberpunk game, which will take the Cyberpunk franchise further and continue harnessing the potential of this dark future universe. Which is cool. Like, I've I've played a bit of Cyberpunk 2077. And I've enjoyed what I've done so far. I don't know about like the main story because it hasn't really gone too crazy yet. But I just finished Edge Runners, and I it, it that actually does make me want to play more of it. So, nice. so I can see like how as much of I'm as much as I am enjoying 2077 currently. There's definitely a lot of room for improvement. So I'm glad they're not like just abandoning the series. They're gonna keep working on it. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Just knowing it's there, like mm. we know Orion exists. When are we gonna see Orion? Not for a very when it's very ready, hopefully. Long time. Because the thing is, guys, you have to remember too. They're not focusing on this. They're focusing on the next Witcher game, and this mm-hmm. is gonna come out after that. It's it's like um, think of we are showing you Starfield, and we're also showing you we we announced Starfield. We also announced Elder Scrolls Six. Good news, everyone. Elder Scrolls Six. We'll see it. In Ten that years. That was so weird. Like Fuck, freaking. It, it's basically hard. like that, but the difference here is they're not doing a fucking trailer, and they're just going, "Hey, this is just everything going on. We just want to let you guys know, this is everything." I think technically, wasn't this an investor call? It wasn't even like. Well, they a... posted it everywhere. Like this is on their Instagram. Oh. This is on their Twitter. They they showed okay. everything. So. They're just giving little snippets, just saying, hey, these are all the things happening. Which, honestly, right. it's the same thing as the Assassin's Creed thing. And I just think the only ones that did are bad were Bethesda, honestly. At least Assassin's Creed made sense with all that shit. You're like, oh my god, I still am always tense with Beth- with Ubisoft on, on anything at this point. But at least they told us everything within the next, basically, four years at yeah. three and whatnot. Uh, but uh, the next thing was The Witcher Polaris. Which actually, I'll, I'll say really fast, I'll probably try to start on Cyberpunk before the year is over. I just want to for sure play Outer Worlds and Death Stranding before that, or probably the the mm. two big games I want to play before that. And also, you know what? Actually, those two, and then do Iki Island for Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I keep wanting to And then maybe do New Game that. Plus for Ghost of Tsushima, because I really want to just go through it all again anyway. 
the other thing, Witcher Polaris, is a codename for the next installment in the Witcher series of games, uh, which we recently announced was in pre-production. It is beginning of a new page. We aim to release two more Witcher games after Polaris, creating a new AAA RPG trilogy. So we know this second uh, set of Witcher games will be a trilogy, and Polaris is the next one that is probably the next CD Projekt Red game we're going to get. They say it's in pre-production. So, you know, batten down the hatches, guys. Enjoy Cyberpunk 2077. And look forward right now to the DLCs and expansions that are going to come out for this game because you're not getting Witcher for quite some time either. I'm going to say the soonest we're going to get this is probably 2025. Maybe. Because mm. if it's in pre-production, come on, like three oh, years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. So it, it, we're not getting another CD game for like at least three years. So correct me if I'm wrong. Was that four Witcher games total? Like one game plus a trilogy? Or was it like the next so the Polaris, Polaris is, part is the, the Polaris is the first in a trilogy. Okay. So, so they're starting a new trilogy. Months. Polaris is the first of them. But uh, they also announced more Witcher stuff, which is not related to this trilogy. And mm. potentially not as related to them, which is interesting. So well, it's related to them, but that's not... Them do you think it. if they're gonna do a new trilogy they would maybe like i i feel like they could either focus on siri as a main character or i was like thinking about it while listening to another podcast the other day they could do one on uh, like a at least a game on vesemir i think that'd be mm. cool yeah i mean that'd be interesting but because you know what the you know what the new trilogy is about though right i mean like what they said uh, they already said it's a new school Oh, that's so it's a new. It's not the wolf. You're going to be a different. It's the bear or the cat. I think it might be different than them. I, I, so it's either going to be a brand new animal, or one that exists that's not the. Wolf. Yo, if there's school of the dragon, sign me up. Because we got cat, wolf, bear, and snake. Right. I think or it's it's like viper. I forget what the specific for the snake is. And then for whatever reason, the only two I remember are like bear and cat. I think those are all of them though, but I. Oh, wait, no, wasn't there also Griffin? That sounds familiar. Yes. Maybe. I can't remember. I just remember they were all like, you got Witcher like suits of armor based off of all of those. Yes. They all had like different stats that like kind of hinted at what those different uh, schools were focused on. Like, and I think the snake school is in like poison two. And shit. I think they're oh. one of the antagonists in two. I think they're the ones that frame me for the assassination of kings and shit yo now that i got a like gaming pc i could actually play that game <laughs> i i plan on buying it a second time i got it on ps4 but i do want to get the pc version wait witcher uh, 2 came out on ps4 no i was just i meant three sorry oh okay yeah okay. but yeah anyway uh then next up was the witcher canis majoris is a full-fledged witcher game separate to the new witcher saga starting with polaris it will be developed by an external studio headed by experienced developers who have worked on past Witcher games. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. Very who, curious who, who they were. Worked on them. That's why I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it means it's a studio that's worked on it before, or people that worked on it before and are in a new studio. Mm. That's what mm. I'm curious that about. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, because. An external studio headed by experienced developers who have worked on past Witcher games. So yeah. specific people, not the studio. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, 
And then, you know, we don't know anything about that, but it's going to be something else completely different. I, I'm wondering, though, if it's like Assassin's Creed where they're, you know, they're like, Hex, Hex is going to be like a different game. Yeah. And it sounds like different gameplay, maybe. And I'm like, so I think well, this, this is why I was like, I thought there were four Witcher games because there was like the trilogy plus this one. Well, it's not over yet. Uh, the Witcher Sirius is codenamed for a game developed by Molasses Flood. Uh, a CD project red studio previously hmm. Drake hollow. Um, interesting. And, uh, set in the Witcher universe and created with support from CD project red. It will differ from our past productions offering the multiplayer gameplay on top of a single player experience, including a campaign with quests in the story. So Sounds like a, way, a regular Witcher game though. Well, looking at the game they've done before, it's pretty much very much like in Unity type game where, you know, it, it looks a little bit like grounded art style and stuff like. Uh, oh. Hmm. Yeah, I think Drake Hollow is the game they made. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I don't think it, it seems like it's going to be a completely different type of Witcher game that might be more. I don't, I don't want to. I definitely don't want to say for all ages because I don't think the Witcher will ever be for the, for all ages, but. No, you're uh, like it, decapitating like monsters left and right. <laughs> from looking at Drake Hollow, like it's either they're going to do something similar, which means it would be a lot more casual, or they're just going to be doing something completely different than this game that's not even remotely similar. And it could be like a more intense competitive multiplayer with story and other stuff, but I have no idea. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally last one here uh cd project red hadar hadar is codename for a third entirely distinct ip created from scratch within cd project red the oh. project is in its earliest stages of the creative process which means we are not developing any game yet but working exclusively on the foundation for this new setting so you know witcher from an author uh of polish books cyberpunk from a guy who created like a tabletop kind of thing mm-hmm this in-house completely original full creativity hmm. interesting yeah and one thing to note is all the code names are all stars you know we got orion that's true polaris yeah. canis majoris sirius hadar uh thought it was very interesting but you know the way i see it is it's gonna be a very very if you're enjoying like i said you're enjoying cyberpunk you're going to enjoy it more. You're going to get more expansion stuff, DLC and whatnot. It's going to be a fun time. But then once the time comes, you're pretty much going to get a triple charge of Witcher games. And I'm sure the Witcher show will have its third or fourth season around that, or probably fourth or fifth season around that time oh, right, at that point, yeah. actually. And who knows what other Witcher stuff will be happening. So it's going to be a very, very, what would you say, like a, a renaissance of Witcher, a golden age of Witcher? pretty much uh, potentially if these are all age, good because i don't know about renaissance because it's not exactly like a resurgence of anything it's just that is like, true you're right so it would be a golden age i yeah. forgot what renaissance even meant shit yeah it's not like the disney renaissance that actually had meaning um but yeah it could be like a witcher golden age which will be really fun but it also shows kind of the expansion of this franchise kind of like it's it's yeah. growing just like you know they wanted this Netflix wanted this to grow too because Game of Thrones and 
uh, from like Warner Brothers and stuff. And now like, you know, Lord of the Rings has always been distinct and whatnot. But there is also the second Witcher show coming, Blood Origin and everything else. So it's very, very big Witcher times. So, and also oh, yeah. this new IP, I guess, you know, we're thinking if Witcher is fantasy, cyberpunk is cyberpunk. What would this new thing be? Would it be sci-fi? Would it be realistic or like, you know, modern day? Would it be historical? Would it be horror? What would it be? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could be anything. Well, I mean, I it's mean, probably going to be open world big thing like these two other games franchises. But I'm just like, what kind of world would we see? I don't know why. But like the first thing that comes to my mind is like distinctly different from those two genres. Because like, and it's not entirely separate from cyberpunk because science fiction but they could do a space thing for they could do a space thing just like you know but bethesda's doing space thing now so everyone, everyone's doing space thing i don't know yeah that doesn't mean they can't like do their own thing but. that's true but all right enough in the news uh you ready for clerks three sure all right so i guess starting off like i feel like we've had a very interesting kind of going through with kevin smith where you know, it started off watching all his movies. For me personally, I, you know, I loved all of his VSQ stuff. So Clerks, 1 and 2, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jan and Silent Bob, yeah, Strike Back. The only one I'm not entirely sure if I've watched is Chasing Amy. I'm, I could have sworn I watched all his movies, but for whatever reason, I don't have much of, I don't recall Chasing Amy that well. Out of all of those, I would say it's probably the weakest. That's what most people say. But it's still enjoyable. Um... I enjoyed it more than Jersey Girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I loved all those movies and I was very heavy into Kevin Smith. And, you know, I got really into his podcast back when I was really into a bunch of like, I, I was very, very, I guess, franchised with podcasts where I was like, I'm only listening to IGN because it's got Greg Miller back then and all this other shit. And also like maybe one up because they're also kind of part of IGN now. And then like all the Kevin Smith ones like Smodcast and Jalen and Silent Bob Get Old and uh, Hollywood Babylon and stuff. Like, those were the prime things I was listening to. And then over time, I just started, like, not listening to them. Because also, like, his other movies started coming out. And it was like, hey, here's Red State. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Here's fucking, oh, what else did he do? Tusk. And I was like, yeah, that that's okay. I'm, I'm okay over here. I'm not going to watch this. And it's like, here's Yoga Hosers. And I'm like, that's a hard pass. I'm not touching that. Oh, that's the other one that I, I definitely haven't watched Yoga Hosers. Yeah. Like, I mean to at some point, but it's just like not high on my priorities list. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't need to. I'm okay for now. Maybe maybe eventually, but for now, I don't, I don't need it. And, I am psyched for Moose Jaws, though. Yeah. And <laughs> so he, he went from like very big for me to kind of completely off my radar, especially like when he started directing Flash and Supergirl. Because those, sh- like, or, no offense to him, but, like, around the time he did was when those shows weren't really good. Well, Supergirl's never good to me, personally, I know. I'll forget I enjoyed for the first few seasons, but I, I, just, I didn't get too far. I get it. It's, it's Gossip Girls with, like, superpowers. And I was like, oh, all right. Or was it Gilmore Girls? Gilmore Girls with superpowers. That's the one. But I was just like, I don't, I don't need this. Uh, I don't know. I just think that Melissa Benoist is uh, great. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> But, so I love um, she showed up in Clerks too. She uh, she was like one of the uh, the people that apl- um, auditioned. Yeah, and it, and it took me so long to recognize like where I I was like she looks so familiar. Why do I know? It's like 
She's Supergirl. Well, she's also in uh, Jane Silent Bob's. Uh, what was it called? The Jane Silent Bob's reboot movie. Yeah, I missed that one too. You didn't see that one? I guess not. No. Oh yeah, they they because it's the whole thing of like Bluntman and Chronic because they're based off of them. That's why they go back to like Hollywood or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and no, Bluntman just... and Chronic is played by Val Kilmer and Melissa Benoist. Bl- Melissa Benoist is uh, Chronic. Yeah. She basically plays Jay's character. No, I, I do love, like, back when I was listening to, um, I guess, Hollywood Babylon, where he would talk about this stuff, like, he had so much fun going to, like, Vancouver to uh, to film, like, Flash and Supergirl stuff. I mean, he's a massive DC fan, so he, he was yeah. like, this is great. And then he I started, don't I think, uh, you guys he started do- talking shit during the WB Discovery stuff, yeah. <laughs> apparently. I love that he's also basically just like, yeah, like, I don't get to write the script for those because it's got to go on for, like, a whole season. And, like, everyone basically does this this thing, like, from week to week anyway. So I basically just say roll and cut. So fucking uh, funny. So Clerks 3, though, I guess, like, coming in, it felt very strange because it's been a while. Since, like, besides the reboot movie, it felt like it's really been a while since we've seen any of these characters besides Jan Talent Bob. Like they're, they're they're the only two we've gotten. And otherwise, like we were in high school when Clerks 2 came out. That's the last yeah, time I we saw Dante how and Randall. Long it had been since Clerks 2 came out. And I was just like, they mentioned it at some point during the night. And I was just like, holy shit, it's been that long. Yeah, because first you watch Clerks 2 and you go, wow, it's been such a fucking gap of time since Clerks 1. And then you watch Clerks 3 and you go, bro, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, I think <laughs> How old of, am I? I think one of the things that blew my mind was when like uh, early on in the movie, when they're just doing like the opening, not exactly montage, but yeah. kind of where like they um, open the store or yeah, like they, they do the, the cocky on the roof and shit. Well, that and they like they show the like memorial thing to um, I forget her uh, Rosario Dawson's character. Um. Like on the register, and it said like Becky. Yeah, Becky, and it's like it said like she died like 2006, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, that's the year the movie came out. Yeah, pretty much she dies less than nine months after. Yeah. Uh, God, that was such a like takes place. Yeah, that was fucked up. That was like, oh, you didn't know it wasn't happily ever after after that movie. It was pretty much like depression ever after, like right after. And I thought it was just going to be like, oh, they just couldn't get Rosario Dawson back. And like, no, she showed up throughout the movie. But as like a either ghost. hallucinations or ghosts of Dante. And it was just like, like this movie had so such a wide range of emotions where it's yes. like it was super funny and making me laugh. And then like literally just like, holy fuck, this is like tearing my heart out. Yeah, it was sad and depressing uh, for sure. I think the other two Clerks movies were more funny because they were all only funny. And then this one was like, each movie has its own thought process, like including Mallrats, including Chasing Amy. They all have like a thought process of, you know what this is about though. And yeah, you're laughing about it, but you remember that main thing that's like a weird melancholy or like just life thought of like hey remember though about your own life and doing this thing and moving forward and all this shit and they do it in clerks because he's like you know i feel like i'm doing the same thing every day blah 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 blah. and then clerks 2 is like moving forward figuring out what you want to do with your life because you're choosing these two women for dante 
and then uh, you get the Clerks three, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, okay, this is uh, a little bit more difficult, but okay, just because she's dead, and Dante almost dies, and or not Dante, uh, Randall almost dies, yeah, and whatnot. So I did love the meta aspect of it that like. Randall basically started making Kevin's first movie, which was Clerks. Like, it was a very meta choice, and I, I thought it was super cool. Sorry, I had to cough for a second there. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, and I like that they at least bring back everyone. Yeah. Whether it's because, okay, here's your core four you have Dante and Randall, who run the quick stop, and then you have Jane, Silent Bob who fuck around outside of the quick stop. And then like the second movie, bring in Becky and Elias. And those are your other two characters that you're kind of like. Elias had like the funniest running joke the other movie. <laughs> so fucking good. And, uh, yeah. you know, Becky, we, we talked about already. She's a ghost in it. She's dead, which, you know, sorry if you get, I feel like it's already out of theaters. So if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. It was only in theaters briefly. It was in theaters before we got to see it. Because uh, it was in doing like a Fathom Events thing. And we waited mm. extra time because we were going to go see the live Q&A with Kevin Smith instead. But we could have seen it cool. a lot earlier. Yeah. But you have Elias come back in. You have those basically now six characters. Well, five and a ghost. Uh, so it's still all pretty much male <laughs> practically. Cause the oh, but well, they was... also added one. Uh, blockchain? Blockchain. Yeah, fucking God, blockchain. It was basically... Name. Kevin Smith's daughter's boyfriend, so I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I, I love how they make the joke of like, whoa, he's got his own little Silent Bob. And like throughout the whole movie, he doesn't say anything until like the he does just like Silent Bob. He has one thing he says at the end of the movie. And he's just like, and it, it just, holy fuck, we're rich. The kites are got flying. Fu- we got fucking money. Like it was pretty much it took money to get him to talk. Yeah. Which, you know, I feel like money makes anyone talk at the same time. And... This movie, you know, we, we said it briefly already, but it, it does. It does something different. It brings in, like, sadness and depression within it because you've grown up with these characters and, you know, looking at it, Clerks came out in 1994. Clerks 2 came out 12 years later in 2006. Clerks 3 comes out now, 2022. So that is 16 years, right? Is that 16 years after yeah. Clerks 2, and 18 years, wait, no, 28 years, 28 years? When did the first Clerks? one come out again? 94. Um, Is that how that works? I think so. All right, if Clerks 1 and 2 is 12... And then 16. Yeah, it's 28. Haha, I'm stupid. (laughs) It's like, wait, why don't you just add up what you just said between all those movies? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so Clerks 1 to 3 is 28 years. So he took 12 years and then 16 years in between these films. And that's insane because it felt like forever seeing between Clerks 1 and 2. Because it was like black and white to color. And even though that doesn't make a difference, but it was like how long ago. Well, it's also funny ago. that like Kevin has been very clear that he didn't shoot it black and white because he wanted it to look like a period It's all thing. he could afford. It was literally like cheaper. And the lighting for the store he worked at was like ghastly. And they, I love that also they had a meta moment in uh, Clerks 3 where Silent Bob is the director of photography. And he's just like, I'm going to shoot the whole thing in black and white because this lighting is ghastly. Well, I think... <laughs> 
I guess first off, we, we can talk about the Clerks 3 to 1 thing in a sec, but uh, was there anything that really... What, what were the highlights of this movie to you? I mean, I, I already kind of mentioned it, but just like, I love the whole meta, meta aspect that I guess we're going to get into of just like Randall basically making the exact movie of like the first one. And like as heartbreaking as it was, but like when Dante finally breaks down at the end and like screams at Randall that like, do you keep saying this is your life, but I've been here the whole fucking time. This is my life too. And you keep treating me like I'm just like a side character that like doesn't matter to you. And like, it was real shit. And it's just like, he, it's hard to see, but it was like so well acted. Yeah. Like, and then just like the the heartbreaking moment, like again, spoilers, the heartbreaking moment at the end when Randall like basically breaks into Dante's like um uh hospital, hospital room because like Dante also has a heart attack at the end and it's like Randall initially is just like, Oh, he'll be fine. I, I had a heart attack uh earlier. It was okay. It's and like I'm that's not how that fine. works. <laughs> yeah, and like Dante is just straight up like hospitalized and randall finally realizes like oh fuck i'm being a stupid idiot i need to be here for my friend and he i don't know why he does this but he goes home and he spends all night editing his movie to try to show it to his friend and he gets that to show it to him and like dante in his head is like in a a movie theater watching his friend's movie and just the moment where uh becky is like because she's been sitting there with him she's like don't you want to stick around to see the end and he's like no i trust the director he was my best friend and he walks away and then like you hear he like flatlines and i'm just like holy shit they're actually killing dante and just like the last line that randall has like to quote my best friend you're not even supposed to be here today and he's like in the casket and it's just like holy shit that like I, I've been laughing about that line for years whenever I'm just like at work and just like, oh, I'm not even supposed to be here today <laughs> or whatever. And it's just like now it'll have that second meaning of just like, fuck, you're ripping my heart out. So it's, it's going like, to be like, you're going to say that all the time in the future, still laugh. And then the back of your mind yeah. is going to be one it is going to be you sitting in the dark, smoking a cigarette. It's like, fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> It it was it was a tough thing and like seeing Dante, especially Dante, just seeing Dante knowing that, you know, Clerks won shit he kind of figured shit out at the end and you're like, oh cool, did it get fixed? And you see Clerks too, and it's like you know, he's got two marriages, he's got he's getting married to someone completely different than the person he was actually seeing at the in the first one. And now yeah. uh, she he's knocks up someone else completely like- different. He's basically trying to make, like, this smart decision and marry, like, someone financially stable, but just, like, not a great person. Yeah. And, like, it was cool that at the end of Clerks 2, he, like, kind of undoes all that, gets with the person that he actually cares for, and then, like, buys the store that he used to work at with, like, Randall. And he's just like, well, I'm back to where I started, but at least now I'm my own boss. And so you I thought that he was going to be at least happy with a wife and kid too. And then, you know, nope. that doesn't happen. Uh, long story short, obviously they both pass away before the baby's even born and it just leaves him for 16 years 
uh, completely depressed and just destroyed. And he's like, I've been dead. I died. Like he basically says he died back in 2006. Like he's just yeah. been a uh, walking corpse this whole time. And Randall just never really fully noticed, I guess, because he was always wrapped up in himself. And it was, it was very interesting. And, you know, Dante really is the only one to truly talk about because he's the main character in all of this. Randall is more of like the, he's always there, but he's always there with like the comedy and the one-liners and like just being funny. Kevin, he mentioned at some point during the Q&A something that I thought was an interesting point that Randall, there's like, I forget, I think it was in Clerks 2. He said there's a a scene where Randall's just like alone in the, the movie shop for like by himself or whatever or something. And he's just like, just staring at a screen blankly like there's he's like not even on really because randall was never really like a main character he was always the guy who it was at the end it was he was at the register when they all figured out about the money yeah and they're all like freaking it's basically jason bob blockchain and elias ran over away and he was just alone for a second there yeah and he's just like yeah randall he's always the one commenting on what other people are saying he's never the one with the original ideas yeah, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, all his jokes are always great and everything else. And in this one, he still has great one-liners and stuff and just, like, fucking hilarious shit that he says. But, yeah, otherwise, when you really look at it, yeah, he's just been the foil. And it's so interesting. It takes three movies to realize that, I feel like. Because other than that, you're just like, yeah, it's these two guys. You always go, it's these two guys. And then by the end of this, you're like, it's Dante. And now it's Randall telling Dante's story, even though they have the same story, but it's always been about Dante. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Elias, I guess before we get to like the full like wraparound of the, the trilogy kind of Ouroborosing itself kind of, uh, Elias was <laughs> fucking, fucking hilarious, which I'll, I'll say first yeah. off too, uh we at our q a got something special we actually got to see um, that was really cool he was actually there yeah he was actually i love it. it's his top build cast uh for clerks 3 was sarah michelle geller ethan suple ben affleck justin law oh my god and they were all in like the one scene <laughs> i wonder if it's top build for that movie or just biggest like money makers um so uh, i don't know oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. kate Mc- kate mccucci was a uh, movie I just that love that hilarious. in Clerks 2, one of Elias's like main, like his two character f- traits. Trevor Frem- Femer. Fe- yeah. Femerin. Trevor, Trevor Furman. That's what I, his name is. So I love in Clerks 2, his two character features are like, he loves Transformers and he is super Christian. Yes. <laughs> and in Clerks. He also likes Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Lord of the Rings. And in uh, Clerks 3, he like, when randall is having his heart attack he's like freaking out in the hospital because he literally joked earlier he's just like god smite down this non-believer and that's exactly when randall has his heart attack and he's just like oh my god i did this jesus please save my friend and like nothing happens and he's just like jesus has forsaken me i must pray to the devil and for the whole rest of the movie he's a satanist because fucking randall didn't die so he's like oh cool satan listen to me and it's funny because apparently this is trevor but he kept coming back every 
new scene like every new day as a new fucking outfit yeah he had like a slightly more outrageous like goth slash satanist i guess outfit and the best one is still um i forget what her name was from blade runner though the girl the, with like the, the fucking one or whatever no that wasn't the prostitute um but she basically had the black eyeliner and then yeah, the the hair i forget what her yeah. name was uh i'm gonna look it up right now actually but it was funny because he looked just like her and I couldn't, ju- it was so fucking, it was too much for me to handle. Well, especially because uh, like when he walked into the Chris. store, Randall was just like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, we're closed. And he's like, wait, Elias? Uh, Each time. And just, dude, like I lost my shit at the funeral when Elias says like a cane, like a cape and like one gauntlet. I'm just like, why does he have a gauntlet? So fucking uh, weird. And I love that, you know, he has a whole Christian group and they all, at least with blockchain, they just, they follow him for some reason, just like blindly. So he turns Satanist and I guess at least blockchain also turns Satanist. So they're yeah. all just like fucking looking like the crow or whatever the fuck, like each time. That's so insane. funny. God, it's so ridiculous. But they still have the fucking Jesus kites for for the, the NFTs. Yeah, and and it's shit. like the whole movie they're talking about these like kite NFTs that they're going to be selling because they they're like, yeah, no, Randall, people love kites. They're, these will sell. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> and they it's did. Like, they made like a million dollars. They got fucking rich. It was insane. Uh, they actually got rich. I wish I did that. <laughs> I wish I invested in the, yeah. I wish I invested in GameStop when that whole shit happened before, like when it was the smart time to do it. I've been like, I wish I made ten grand. That would have been great. Uh, anyway, though, the the biggest thing about Clerks Three was definitely the thing that kind of blew our minds. I would say, which was the full like wrap around with this movie, and yeah. it's like you know, Randall heart attack wants to make a movie, and it pretty much is retreading all their stuff from Clerks One. And the funniest shit is, you know, they try to have all the auditioners and it's great seeing all these cameos and stuff, including, I think Ben Affleck was like probably the one of the best oh, ones. Yeah. And, you know, eventually they just go, you know what, we're just going to have everyone play themselves, including all the people that were in the original movie. And I'm more or less, I'm pretty sure they brought all of the cast back, even the people that were like, oh, you know, Dante, we went to high school with you and you're still here. That's crazy. Well, I'm doing this and she's doing that, blah, blah, blah. Like they're still there. They're yeah, now they making brought this back movie. The, the girlfriend from the first movie. Her too, yeah. Which was fucking insane to see her Dude, back. I love, like, uh, like, yeah, Randall sends her a copy of the script and she comes back and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why am I in your movie? Why are you talking about me sucking off 737 dudes? Veronica, yeah, played by Marilyn uh, Gigli- G- Gigliotti. I, fucking, I can't, Italian. Um, yeah. And the fact that, like, you know, she, I think it was crazy, though, you know, she knew, too. And then she's like, you know, I have a family. And she's like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, like, Dante, because she knows exactly what happened Yeah, to they, that was so sad. Like, clearly everyone around Dante knows what happens. And it's just, like, taboo to talk about it because it's too painful. Yeah. And I I love he, like, goes to talk to her in her car. And she he, he's just like, don't worry about it. It was an honest mistake. You Obviously, you didn't mean all that. And she's like, thank you. You want to fuck? <laughs> He's just like, okay. <laughs> I love that they're all watching yeah. from the outside. They're just like, yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. And, you know, 
they bring in Harley, who's supposed to be Jay's daughter. Yeah. Uh, and she is basically just Jay's daughter in it, which is actually pretty funny. And then she ends up working in the quick stop at the end. I thought that was fucking hilarious. But the whole thing of it going then like, oh, we're recreating the scenes. And then you go. So in this form of canon, Clerks 3 is the filming of Clerks the original clerks. Oh, that's another thing I really liked. When Randall was showing the movie to Dante, it was the footage from Clerks 1. Yes, because otherwise it would have been really weird seeing all the fucking people redoing it, but they're all just yeah. fucking old compared to like, like when they're doing it when they're all young. It was a trip for me. Yeah. It was really, it was well done. And, you know, they did some stuff from Clerks 2 as well, but you're not really feeling that they just did Clerks 1 and 2. You're really more or less looking at the original and it feels strange too because it's kind of like i mean it's the end of the trilogy and it's a trilogy you were never sure you were going to get because you know you had clerks and then you had all those other movies that more or less incorporated jane silent bob into them for either a moment or a little bit or whatever and then you get clerks too and you're like oh my god i can't believe we got this like you didn't think that was going to happen but you're fucking happy about it and you think that's it and then he goes you know Clerks 3 and Mulrats 2 and you're like oh my god and it takes like 10 fucking years for it to happen because there's so much shit going in and out. He wasn't even sure if Clerks 3 would even happen because it was like so many hurdles to get through. And it was crazy because it went from like Clerks 3 to Clerks 3 the screenplay it's going to be a play to then Clerks 3 the movie again it was really weird and then Mulrats was like Mulrats the movie Mulrats the fucking HBO Max series or some it was some premium shit series and then movie again and you know that one's not here still and may not for a while but that whole thing of like these are still gonna come and especially because he had left that area that world like we got all of a sudden instead red state and all these other movies the fucking tusk shit and he's filming dc stuff (laughs) yeah so coming back to it it feels so strange and we've gotten two movies now jan saw bob and this movie and i think like you know looking at all three of these movies for all the three clerks movies um i'm gonna say it's still the lowest of the totem pole for me but really? ironically enough it's not a i mean it's not a bad thing but ironically enough like when you rank all of these specific not like the entire kevin smith filmography i'm talking the kevin smith view askew universe which is clerks mall rats dogma chasing amy jan and bob strike back clerks 2 the fucking reboot movie and now clerks three like clerks three is probably still like i hate to say it but one of the lowest ones it's not because it's not good it's just because all these other ones are still so iconic and memorable for me mm. uh specifically clerks one and mall rats are still my top two movies like those i don't think can ever be dethroned because of their just value they have the originality And also because I think it's not even like you could say it's nostalgia, maybe I'm not too sure, but it's the fact that it's those eras of time when you're filming like that. There's a lot less hurdles of what there is today, but also it's a different world than it is today, too. Mm. Like you're in a mall where it's the biggest place to be. That's not like that anymore. And clerks like it's just these two guys doing shit in corner store and it's like 
even with corner stores nowadays, like that doesn't exist. It's, it's like one dude that's kind of there and he's sad and then he leaves and another guy comes in and he's sad and he starts working there too or something. Like th- these kinds of things don't really have that much feel the way they used to of their usefulness in, in this era of Amazon and all this other shit. It's completely different. And I think that's why those films are so valuable to me. Uh, which you could say it's nostalgia or just, like I said, I think it's just like that feeling of a different world. Uh, and then, you know, Chasing Me, I think, is still the bottom of the total pole. So Clerks is still upper than that. I think I like it more than Dogma now. Uh, I would say it's just it's just under the two Clerks movies and Mallrats. So otherwise, like, it's above Chasing Me and Dogma, which Dogma I really liked, but I think I do like this more. Dogma is really fucking entertaining, but this is a lot more... I guess, personal feeling when yeah. you go through it. Um, and I also think like it, it, it's a weird thing where I feel like I've left Kevin Smith's fandom world, if that makes sense. Like his podcast is everything and everything else. And I almost came back in it when he did the Jane Silent Bob movie. And I went to the Q&A for that and everything else too. And that was in, I think, Oakland when I watched it. And I was like, do I want to get back into his stuff? And I was like, no, and I just didn't, and I never got back to it. And then mm-hmm. coming back again now, I'm like, maybe I do. I'm not too sure. Like, do I want to go back and listen to more of his podcast? Do I want to, like, check out more of his other stuff? It does make me want to go and buy the Jane Silent Bob movie, and I will buy this, but, like, I still... I'll still be picky. Like, I'm not going to do his non-view skew stuff too much. I might eventually watch Tusk and yoga hosers but i'll tell you yeah. why i still I'd think watch Tusk those. is worth a watch i thought it was a, i thought it was an interesting movie well i guess getting into the finish off here but um he because did you have anything else on the movie really i just thought it was interesting that it's like so low on your like ranking of kevin smith's movies because like literally maybe it's just because of recency bias or or what but like i left that uh, theater thinking that that might be kevin smith's best uh, film for me i felt i think but like you're right that like maybe I need to go back and watch uh, Mall Rats again because it's been a while since I watched it and I do really like that movie and I do also have like a big like spot in my heart for Dogma just because I find it such an interesting movie. Yeah. But just like for me, Clerks three, like even more than Clerks, especially Clerks two, and, and like I like it feels like a more mature movie because he's not like there's definitely some like you know, toilet humor and shit in this movie and just, like, co- constant jokes. Well, not constant, but, like, a bunch of jokes about, like, Jane, Silent Bob just, like, smoking weed all the time to the point where they don't even realize how their store works. <laughs> but, or like, for the, the for the fun of it, they still, even though they have a full fucking store, yeah, they still not just, even like, sell weed outside. They, yeah, outside of the fucking place, acting like it's an illegal deal. Yeah, but, like, it, it just it feels like a more mature experience because he's literally a more mature person at this point and just like the whole meta aspect of it and just like maybe it wouldn't play so well for me if i didn't know all of like kevin's personal life stuff like this is literally his own experiences he's putting into this movie and like even the heart attack thing was like literally he described that's exactly how he got like his heart attack like treated uh in one of his podcasts he mentioned just like yeah, I almost died because I didn't want to show anyone my dick. And it's just like, so <laughs> it's, yeah. so like seeing how it's like, it's a movie about Kevin's own life, 
but it also makes sense for the characters in so many ways that just like and it's just so like it's so hard to have a movie successfully be like i'm laughing my ass off and i'm about to fucking cry like it, it is very hard to do that for me recently i don't know why just like a lot of things just don't hit the way that the directors and the writers and like the producers hope that it does but this movie like actually got me so and and again maybe that's a lot of recency bias happening but it's like super high on my list for kevin smith movies personally you know i definitely get it i think also there was like a couple moments where i didn't feel like i felt cracks or flaws in the movie um one of which i can't remember it fully now but i just remember it itching at me uh in the first portion of q a because it was still in me during the whole credits too and i was just thinking i was like why am i still thinking about this one thing and it was something about randall the way they wrote him where he felt completely it might have just been when he was completely oblivious to dante or um it was something else regarding it but i just felt like it was too easy the way that happened compared to like Sir, I can't remember. That's why I'm like I'm trying to remember correctly, like what the specific instance was. It was it, it was when either... Dante fine or was like being wheeled into the hospital, and Randall was like, "Oh shit, I didn't know that he got money from his ex wife or ex fiance." I think it was just during the whole time before that when Randall was shooting, and it's just kind of like the way that everything was going down. It felt like somewhat of retreads from the previous two movies where it's like the lesson wasn't really learned as well but also like that makes sense he was very slow to understand things to the point where it didn't feel as realistic or like in character potentially but also i could be completely wrong and i could uh like easily a 180 it uh if i watch it again but I did just feel like there was certain points like that where i was like this is definitely not perfect i think it's really great I don't think it's a perfect movie at all. Yeah, I, I still I wouldn't think say it's it still perfect, has its flaws. But I, I definitely enjoyed it a bunch. Yeah. But definitely um, not, not, I wouldn't say perfect, though. Yeah, whereas I think Clerks 2 felt more like this is a theatrical film that I am enjoying, where uh, Clerks 3 felt like the we finally were able to, quick, get it through the door, get it through no. the fucking door. Um, I think that's why there's like such a difference in it for the fact that two, Clerks 2 even has like a fucking musical scene uh so uh, yeah, huh? like it's just insane there's dude there's a dude that fucks a donkey jason muse takes his fucking pants off and he's like that's my surprise and he's like would you fuck me and you're like oh my god like i ironically i'm like yes i could cry in clerks three and it is very big but also this movie is jason muse dick and the dude fucks a donkey this is pretty crazy like <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are probably horrible reasons but I think there is just more with Clerks. I think it's everyone's just younger. And that feeling of them being younger and stuff, It there's more going on in that sense. But anyway. I yeah. did enjoy Clerks too when uh, uh, Randall made that one dude vomit because he made him so mad about Lord of the Rings. Oh, he's <laughs> basically saying Frodo and Sam are going to fuck. And he's yeah. like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, I think ended off with Clerks 3. Uh, what was funny during the Q&A was Kevin Smith just pretty much tells us the next five movies he's working on. Yeah, I was and like, wait, what? Do I, have, I thought you were done. So Twilight of the Mallrats, the Mallrats sequel, is what he wants to do. And he's still trying to figure out, like, get the rights to it because the rights to it is, like, really weird. But 
uh, Wooly's trying to get it out there. What was the next one he said besides that? Was um, it was either Moose Jaws? Yeah, or no, was it the Moose Jaws? Was definitely one of the more recent one or sooner ones. The um, Jay and Silent Bob one was the fifth and final one. Yeah, because he he literally was like, "We need to wait for Jay's kid." And to then grow Tusk up. Two. I think Tusk Two is also like fourth. Yeah, tusks. Yeah, tusks. But that's later on too. I think that was still like. I think it's Moose Jaws and the the what was it eight something, the movie hopping movie. Oh. So, yeah, Kevin Smith said like there's Moose Jaws, which is supposed to be the third movie of like, I guess like it happens after Yoga Hosers with with where it's just Jaws, but it's with a moose. That's literally it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other being a movie that is completely original and it's about guys movie hopping in a theater and it's more or less it's think of it like mall rats is mall rats this is the movie version of instead of a mall it's a movie theater that does and, sound kind of familiar maybe that's yeah I and that I one i was he had a name for it i think out of all five movies this was besides mall rats because mall rats has the nostalgic feel of being mall rats that one excited me the most because i'm like oh shit no one ever talks about that stuff and i fucking movie hopped all the time when i was younger like pretty much like i did it like once <laughs> do you know who fucking you know who got me into movie hopping who? My mom. Oh, for real? Yeah, she fucking... We used to do it all the time. She'd be like, well, we're just going to do these two movies. I, I remember watching Spider-Man. Fucking tell me about Spider-Man. And after she goes, all right, we're going to go watch the Jennifer Lopez movie Enough. And I was like, I don't want to watch Jennifer Lopez, mom. What the fuck? You suck. <laughs> and then we go and watch it. And I'm like, that movie was so good. And I'm like, I loved watching Jennifer Lopez fight off her abusive husband. And retain the freedom of her and her daughter from this awful man throughout this entire film and then eventually kill him and i'm like this movie's great it, honestly guys enough is amazing we'll go watch enough if you've never seen enough that is such a fucking good movie starring jennifer lopez uh and then um did it all throughout high school with our uh we went to high with uh daniel that we both went to school with uh it was great but uh yeah movie hopping so yeah uh moose jaws Movie hopping movie, uh, Twilight of the Mall Rats, and then Tusks, which is just Tusk Two, and it's supposed to be like aliens. Yeah, I much. love he literally was like, yeah, I just and he was to high when he con too. contacted everyone. Yeah, and then the final one is Jane, Sal, and Bob as old people, and this would be in another ten years from now or something or twenty years. I forget, ten or twenty years. Yeah, he literally was like, he wants to continue with the joke that like Kevin's daughter is playing Jay's daughter, starting in um. Jane Silent Bob reboot, and, and so they have to wait for Jay's Jason actual Mew's daughter to, to be the granddaughter. Up, yeah, to be old enough to be his granddaughter. And it's Grandpa Jay and Bob go to fucking Hollywood for another shit thing again. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of Kevin Smith is like reselling me on the Kevin Smith brand, and I, I appreciated it. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna give your podcast a chance. I'm gonna probably. At a certain point, maybe like for sure after October, just because there's so much shit to watch and there's so much stuff I still haven't watched. I'm like, I really do want to go back and rewatch all the old VSQ stuff. I just have to find time because I'm I still have a bunch of fucking screener copies and all this other shit I haven't watched at all. And I'm just like, Fuck. yeah. I think one of the yeah. things I've been appreciating about Kevin Smith for like at least the last five or so years is like he seems to at this point just want to do movies that he thinks are fun to do. And not shit that's necessarily gonna make money. Yeah. Because like 
literally moose jaws is like one of the most basic ideas for a movie but it's so funny to me it's just the idea of it's essentially like the canadian version of jaws where it's like well they don't have sharks up in canada but they do have moose and moose are fucking huge and they can absolutely kill a man exactly and you say yeah like yoga hosers is like no one really gave a shit about that except for kevin but he did it anyway and like tusk that was literally like a joke he did in like a podcast that the I mean, audience yeah. like the audience just got so into it that he was like you know what fine i'll, I'll put it up on twitter as a poll and if, you, if enough people want me to do it i'll i'll see if i could do it and it fucking took off and he did it and you like it's got its uh, fans and then also people like you that are like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I saw what it looked like and I I, fa- I I turn on the movie and I just kind of skimmed through it and I was like, nope. No, nope. it definitely has some like human centipede vibes. but Yeah, in, I, don't, I don't like that shit. But it's slightly more comedic because it's like a walrus instead of just sewing people's like faces to other people's asses. Yeah, you never go, you never go ask them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah so like that's why like i may not have watched all of kevin's movies recently but i at least am just like at least he's doing shit that he thinks is fun and not just like the studio told me i gotta do it yeah pretty much even though some of them just look awful absolutely awful. i say that Uh, but also like there was one point in the q a where he was he mentioned that like yeah some studio called me was like you got any more kevin smith and or uh any any more jay and silent bob stuff he's like I only have Jay and Silent Bob stuff. <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, but okay. I think we've hit our limit with Clerks 3, and I really want to see how much I can knock out here. So okay. I'm going to start off with Proud Family, James. I've been wanting to talk so about good. this for a while. So oh, yeah. I watched the original series again from way back when, along with the movie and the reboot, or not reboot, but like uh, pretty much like the, the revival of it. Yeah, the stuff. new series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And I got to say, watching the original real fast, uh, one of the better, smarter series of its time. Uh, it feels like it's authentic compared to, like, white's sh- white shows, I yeah. guess you could say. It's unfortunate that I missed it because I didn't have, like, Cartoon Network or anything at the time. Or yeah, it, it was, was Disney. It, it was Disney. Oh, I didn't have cable, so I, so, I didn't have that either. For those that never seen Proud Family, it's a black family, and... It's very much like an urban setting. Uh, so much so you have like the more <laughs> literal ashy black girls who are like the bullies that rob people and stuff, the gross sisters. And it's funny because in this cartoon, like when they're ashy, they're they're blue. They, they draw them as blue, care, blue people. And uh, you still have like black people, uh, brown people, white people, uh, Asians and stuff. And compared to you know you see white creators do black people and it's very much just kind of like sometimes you're like i don't think you have the right depiction sir like this is kind of weird or they they made them kind of a little too they just went into some weird stereotype or some shit but this is full-on like black creators and so it feels real especially growing up in san francisco growing up like in the bay area and just going around the city, like it feels a lot more real watching this show. And, you know, watching it now versus when I was 10 watching it, it matched a lot more of like what was going on in high school as well as because, uh, you know, for you and me, we grew up in a very sheltered kind of K through eight school. Yeah, it was very diverse, very, very diverse. 
and you know you're we're very used to things like that's kind of how we're raised we're like oh everyone's like this and then you leave this school and you're like i was wrong (laughs) and like i go to wash and uh my own high school it was pretty much like the majority of students were asian and then like i went to lowell which is like that's what they're known for it was pretty much majority were vastly asian and then there was the the second biggest were pretty much like uh latino and black and then the only white kids were either russian or skateboarders like <laughs> the, the, straight up the the, the the ethnicity was skateboarding i'm not even joking uh, uh and then because a lot of the a lot of the white kids were all at private schools they were all like mm. sh si and all this other stuff and uh it was interesting just being in a new setting like that and i was like oh shit this is so much different but like i acclimated and adapted very quickly and was felt right at home and uh watching this cartoon about this show like i mean this this cartoon basically it's just i was like oh my god this feels so fucking real like i'm starting to it makes sense i'm like oh this actually feels not stereotypical and stupid like other shows have depicted before in the past especially like much older shows that are in the 90s but like way before that and uh the amount of adult content that's in this show too for a kid's show just like other adult shows, I mean, other kids shows is very, very present. And it's stuff I never noticed as a kid. And I'm watching it now and I'm like, holy shit, they got away with these. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> a, that's the mark of a good, well-written, like, kids show is if, like, they can put in enough jokes that, like, the parents will absolutely get that are written in such a way that the kids will never understand until they watch it years later. And they're like, yeah what <laughs> that's the thing i hate it when people are like they could how they get away with this it's like dude this is perfect for the whole family then yeah. everyone gets to enjoy it the kids enjoy it for the very simplistic aspects of being a cartoon the adults enjoy it for the much more complicated aspects the kids will never understand it's great because all these things will always go over their heads but the adults will get it and it just it's fantastic it's funny and it's very much very much appreciated yeah uh one character is still always amazing in this show and is poppy and he's this uh uh, across the street from the proud family is the the boulevardas household and it's a mexican family and their grandfather is named poppy and he's straight up just a dude who has this fucking laugh that it's i can't do it with it's like almost it's like a caesar romero laugh but it's Mm. even it's like mexican caesar romero (laughs) i don't know how to describe it uh it's so fucking good and it's the it's such a good laugh like you'll just Caesar Romero Joker laugh yes oh weird okay yeah uh Uh, just look up proud family poppy laugh James straight up and you'll find it and it would make me laugh as a kid and it still made me laugh as an adult he just does it and I'm like I'm like waiting for it I'm like please do it please do it (laughs) oh my god he did it it's great uh and then like they had people like Mariah Carey on they had Al Roker the fucking weatherman on uh, which Al, Ro- Al Roker in this has powers. He's like a fucking genie almost. He like grants wishes and stuff to Penny and everything. But the, the show itself is so fucking good. And I think Disney back then probably didn't even realize what they had. Like how good this show was. Uh, and then the movie it's, uh, the movie has peanut people in it. Because there's like a this dude who descends from like George Washington Carver. So he's like uh, weird little peanut head people and shit and clones. And it's a fun movie. And there's a kid named 15 Cent who's a rapper because 
he's not 50 cent but he's no. 15 cent it's really it's actually pretty good uh and i thought it was hilarious watching the movie again because on my football team uh there was some jokes people would make on the team they'd be like yo dude you look like one of them peanut heads from the proud family movie and i'm like i can't believe he said that and then you look back now and i'm like dude i can't believe you said that <laughs> it's so fucking funny but that also that movie is where the proud dad meme comes in where it's oscar proud running with like a chef outfit on but he's like sprinting I don't know if you've ever seen it. Just look up Proud Dad Running and you'll also see. So look up Poppy Laugh and look up Proud Dad Run. And those are two very important things. But I forgot that that comes off in it. And the way the kid, like this whole thing of like this dude with a peanut people armory is trying to conquer the world. And the way they stop him more or less is a dance battle, which is the funniest shit. And it's great. But uh, I was only trying to briefly do that stuff, but the... The main thing was the new show that they came back with, Louder and Prouder. And it's interesting, like, the way they pulled off because uh, one of the characters' name is Sticky. And he's not in this one because Sticky is voiced by Orlando Brown. And if you didn't know, Orlando Brown, like, went through some stuff and no longer really does acting or anything. He was Sticky in this show. He was also Eddie in uh, That's So Raven, if if anyone's ever watched that he was basically the main lead male character in it and you know the actor himself went through some went through shit isn't there anymore so instead of recasting sticky they bring in like a two siblings that are uh male and female and they're very interesting and uh the animation it's changed and it's no longer like hand-drawn it's all computer animated now but it they do it in a very well done way where it doesn't feel too different like you could feel it it's still like you'll know it's not like it's gonna change it where you're like uh very disguised and you're like oh it looks exactly the same it's like no this looks different i can fucking tell very easily but they do a good enough job considering like you know with this animation it's probably 10 times cheaper and so the quality is not going to be as good but they still do a good job with it i think the and with this animation too everything goes slower like, it's not as naturally movement for the characters, but they still are able to do stuff. Um, the one thing I will say the weakest part of the show is Poppy in this one now. Because yeah. in this new one, it's not the, the fucking insane laugh isn't there anymore. It's just some bullshit, like, half laugh. So they ruin Poppy in that aspect. So I'm like, fuck, y'all fuck Poppy up. But whatever. The Like, his laugh sucks now. It's, it's trash. Complete trash compared mm-hmm. to the old one. So that comedic corner is now gone uh the other weird thing is like there's a monkey in both like oscar proud has an a monkey assistant because he he makes these snacks he's like i make proud snacks and his like monkey is like his test monkey like straight up just like eats the snacks and tests them out and shit and his name is mr chips and in the original cartoon he's like a full fucking like emotionally charged monkey that has all these fucking faces array of emotions and stuff and in the new one they make him just look like a an emotionless monkey they kind of like lion king him where you know like you see the new cgi lion king and there's no emotion on the animal's face Uh, it's like that for this new mr chips and i'm like fuck this sucks uh otherwise um i think his brother bobby also has a lesser look now too he kind of just looks whatever but uh they modernized the show a lot more where I'll say this, like there was a character in the original show named Michael 
and you could kind of tell like you could tell he was gay but they never really do that in the show they're very much like oh you're just very feminine and stuff and he like does the choreography for the girls when they dance he does the outfits for them and everything he like does all this shit and whatnot but he's also schooling people in basketball at the same time and there was an episode i remember they call him a sissy and everyone makes it a big deal and you're like dude they just called him a sissy because you know you're like they wanted to put in another word but you know they can't put that word in so we're not gonna see that word it starts with an f but they're not gonna call him that in Mm. this and so in this modern version michael is very out and very very feminine like they make him very modern like it would be like a, a modern day i guess like gay guy today that's like i guess in the more feminine side where they you know do a lot more feminine style dressing and everything else but they do it just naturally and it it works really well um and it's also funny seeing them like it's weird seeing them now because i think the time jump is only like two two to four years but they look a lot older than the time jump allows them for so it's kind of funny how much older they look and then uh the new characters are so they're they introduced two new siblings one is maya and she's a very much like activist type character who isn't the friendliest of people and she's not like she's okay uh but her brother uh kg straight up is a meme he's like a meme kid he's a very uh he replaces sticky as like the techno savvy person who does all the cool gizmos and gadgets he has like a flying drone and everything else but he does the he does the thing james he says the word sheesh like he does sheesh like he always says it and you've heard this a lot of times right by now i'm I'm assuming like you've heard people be like sheesh like that meme so i'm like it's a very i'm like it's sometimes funny but it's whatever and i hear him the first time he says it in the show and i'm just like fuck they're doing that gimmick and i'm kind of annoyed with it and then every time i hear him say it in the rest of the show i'm fucking dying and i'm like oh actually this is really funny (laughs) i didn't think they'd get me but they got me and I, it's they they say it in just the right tone and always at the right moments. So they, I like that these people were able to like the the writing team were able to still pull off this show and make it like more modern, but still make it work well like the old show. I don't think it's as good as the old show, but I think it stands up on its own where it's not on a negative aspect that it's all and it's not it's not bad or okay. It's still good, which I'm happy about. And I like other shows have failed to do comebacks, but this one didn't. And I think it's season two comes out this January and I'm looking forward to it. Like this is a good show and I'm glad they were able to bring it back like this for sure. Um, But that was proud family. Yeah. Um, Did you have anything? Otherwise I can do another. Um, Nah, you could do another, like all the, like uh, we talked about it earlier in the show or before the show that like all the stuff that I've been playing and watching recently are mostly either just like rewatches of things or just like ongoing shows that haven't like finished their seasons yet. So I could skip and just let you do another one. Okay, cool. Uh, I will say like these have been taking forever to do because like I'll put it this way. Like I've been wanting to talk about this forever now. Uh, I made the, the proud family stuff note. This is June 28th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, The other one that's also, (laughs) from that month pirates of the caribbean 
So I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. So oh, I, re- I watched yeah. all five movies. I hated this movie. <laughs> uh, well, I, I watched all five. And I just want to say really fast, like I've, I've seen the first three multiple times. I own them and everything else. The other two, four and five, I never saw. Yeah, the first so three So it's my first fine. time watching them. Or the and first I've, one's great. Second two is amazing. Third one is pretty good. <laughs> I think the first one is still the best one to me, but I'll put it this way. Like uh, I looked at my notes. So Curse of the Black Pearl still holds up and among the Disney live action films of modern day shines incredibly brighter. I would say this is probably the best live action Disney movie hands down yeah um the music matching the actions in this film are amazing if you actually watch the action everything happening in this film with the movie and the music it is stupidly good like well choreographed together to the point like let's say elizabeth swan is on the ship for the first time and everyone like all this she sees everyone as skeletons and they're all like scrubbing the deck and shit, doing all that stuff. And it's like, like all the Hans Zimmer shit. Watch that scene and see how well together it goes. It's kind of like watching the older. Oh, yeah, Disney no, they're movies. scrubbing the deck like to the music. It's so fucking good how good this thing. It's like, uh, it's a high quality film. And looking at this, I'm just like, dude, this is. These movies are better than the Marvel movies. These movies are better than the Disney live action adaptations. I don't think there's one Marvel movie that's even close to the Black Pearl. Close to the Black Pearl. I honestly don't. It, it's that. Okay. I think it's that much fucking better, James. I'm not even joking. Because those movies are just kind of like, and then you're like done. You're like, all right. This one's like, I remember Curse of the fucking Black Pearl. And I only need to know that one movie. I don't need anything else. I think the closest thing to it isn't even disney it's like fucking iron man that was paramount so like the only disney era one that maybe comes close is winter soldier maybe Mm. and maybe the first guardians movie actually no not even close actually just winter soldier i'm just just winter soldier that's it um then dead man's chest and world's end i just have those together uh it's a good formation of movies that have a start and end may not be as good as black pearl but are still in a strong tier of quality and entertainment i still think this trilogy itself is probably still better than everything else out there that Disney put out that's live action. I mean, Davy Jones is just such an interesting villain. And, like, dude, this the CG they do to, like, make his character and all the other, like, that's what I, I mean. captains. Everything the in these movies Dutchman, look better than anything yeah, we've seen now. It still holds up. They're, it's better than everything now, uh, at least also, from Disney. Also, it's just, like, really creative, like, character design for, like, yes. all the different, like, crewmen i guess of the the uh flying dutchman like not only is the flying dutchman just like an interesting like supernatural ship but like everyone on that ship is like turning into different like sea creatures sea creatures, creatures. nautical like, type of yeah there's like the hammerhead shark dude there's the dude who's got like the shell head that apparently can like totally go fucking ridiculous uh it shows it it really shows the investment they ha- you have in the trilogy by the end of it. Like, you really do feel invested in this set of movies. And the consistent backstabbing as Pirate Life entails throughout the franchise is fantastic, where everyone backstabs each other constantly. And it's so fucking good. And also, this movie, like, it's more violent. There's more blood. There's more death than anything else we've ever seen in any other fucking Disney live-action thing, too. Like, I It's kind of hard to do pirates without, like, at least someone dying exactly like i i legitimately think this trilogy is better than anything else i've ever put out 
anything. Even like, well, actually, no, the Star Wars stuff is very easy. That stuff sucks anyway, so it's not hard to beat, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, Pirates of the Caribbean. If you get, if people haven't seen this, this is better. I, I kid you not, this is better than any other live action thing Disney's put out ever. Live action adaptations, Star Wars, Marvel, you name it, all better, guaranteed. Maybe not for you. You might think it's better, but I don't think <laughs> you're right. I think I'm right more. So, uh, but the movies. <laughs> no, I'm right. Uh, the other, the fourth and fifth movie. So on Stranger Tides, the we. <laughs> I literally don't even remember this movie. It was the worst one. The weakest of the bunch. Losing key cast makes it feel much lesser with fill-in characters like the priest and the mermaid that have such a fucking boring story. I'm like, what is this? Dude, I don't this... even remember why they had the mermaid. Other the, than to be like the love interest for the dude. It's all the the mermaid's also like the key to getting the fountain of youth. It was like she was part of the way to get in or something. I don't remember why, but it was a thing. Was uh, it like the span- they needed her tears? I think so. And she like refused to like cry for them, so they just took her with them. Yeah. And wasn't it like she finally cried when like the the, the priest not Will Turner guy like almost died? Yeah, it's like aren't you a priest? But I want to fuck the mermaid. It's like everyone oh. does, man. <laughs> Yo, do I'm to fuck the mermaid? And just but like, like uh, I love they spend so long carrying her like through the like jungle in that like weird like coffin tank thing with like barely enough water for her. And at some point they just like trip and drop it and break it. And they're like, oh fuck the the mermaid. She's gonna dry out and die now. And then she just like grows legs and it's like. You could have been walking this whole fucking time. <laughs> what? Yeah, a Nintendo thing goes above and we've we've made a new portable version that you can <laughs> take on the go at all times. The mermaid switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, just undock and you'll be fucking No, I just like okay, in my you head. You see undock, you you take the legs out of the fucking flippers. No, Here okay. You go. In my head where my, where my brain went was like you see the scene where like she's like on the ground and her like tail turns to legs and they got Mark Wahlberg off the side. You're like, I think we've got a transformer over here. Oh my God. That's horrible. <laughs> I never want to hear that again. <laughs> that's great though. Uh, dude, the Spanish were probably the best part of that movie. It was so fucking. So it's like, you have the three factions. It's Blackbeard. It's uh Barbosa. Blackbeard was in that. Black, uh, Barbosa is a privateer. So they're like, oh, for yeah, hire. Blackbeard had that weird, like, sword that he could, like, literally control ships. That was so fucking weird, stupid. And also, he had, like, uh, ship kinesis. And then also, um, yeah, because Blackbeard took other ships and put them in bottles. And that's what happened. Like, he also fucked up that, Barbosa yeah. and took the Black Pearl. So the Black Pearl's stuck in there. Right. That was which why is weird. in the. You don't know the Black Pearl one. basically for, like, two movies. Yeah. Yeah. That was why in the fifth one, uh, Jack just had like the black pearl still in the bottle, and he's like, "I don't know how to get it out." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then there's the Spanish who are like, "We have to find this fountain of youth," and they find it, and they destroy it, and they're like, "Only God has the yeah. power over immortality or some shit," and then they just leave, and you're like, "What? <laughs> fucking?" Spanish? No, it definitely seems like something that the uh, the Spanish would do back then. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're just like running into the, the America's like, give us your gold and we'll give you a disease. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, thanks, fucking Spanish fucking shit. Yeah, don't, fa- uh, don't fuck with the Spanish Empire. They were like, not a joke. Bro, they'll cough on you and you're going to die. 
they had like sickos. the most clever ways of torture like it's really sick shit. no one expects the spanish inquisition no and then uh there was a post credit scene that goes nowhere it's like uh penelope cruz's character who's like blackbeard's daughter is on an island with a jack sparrow voodoo doll and she doesn't do shit with it you're just kind of like okay yeah, that never comes back nope and then uh the fifth movie dead men tell no tales uh javier bardem as a Spaniard saying Jack Sparrow is highly enjoyable. Jack Sparrow. Like, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, I love like, Harvey oh, Bardem, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's just like fucking... They, they go from like... They're like, we already did uh, nautical pirates and we did skeleton pirates. What's left? What about Dude, ghost ghosts? pirates. Oh, fuck, ghost pirates. Uh, and, and I love like, the whole thing. Like, the whole reason why the ghosts get unleashed is because like jack sold the compass that yeah. he used for like what his last bottle of rum and he's just like yo wait so when the captain was serious to never betray the compass like that was real and it's tied to him of all people yeah it's, and of all like, things oh, okay. it's just like it, the compass is like oh you're gonna get rid of me well then i'm gonna like un seal away the ghost dudes that have a vendetta against you specifically because you... yeah they're they're stuck in that little spot but now they can get out yeah pretty much and just sail around and fuck people up uh they brought back will and elizabeth through their son henry and it's a it was a good idea through him and like karina it felt like they built up enough to have them yeah like with their predecessors, their predecessors, it felt like they built. There was enough built up that you can do that. Where Karina is Barbosa's daughter, and uh, Henry is Will and Elizabeth's daughter, and to the point where they even have Will and Elizabeth in there, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Whether it's briefly, but it's cool to see them back again. You're just like, "Oh my yeah. god!" No, it was super cool that like the movie basically started off with Will's son just like yeah. figuring out where the Dutchman's gonna be, and he just like throws himself overboard a ship with like holding on to like a cannonball or something heavy and just like sank until he hit the Dutchman. And he's just like, Hey dad, come home, please. You got to get the fuck off this ship or they're going to make you stay. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Uh, and never go near Jack Sparrow. He literally is the worst potential news ever. Yeah. Uh, and then an interesting shoehorn twist with it being Karina as Barbosa's daughter. I think it, it worked enough but it felt very shoehorned i had to have her in his like his daughter yeah um, i mean i don't think she needed to be barbosa's daughter but it was interesting i did like the dynamic that like she was all into like science and stuff and she was basically like people thought she was a witch, a witch. She, she's, she's a witch just, like, good at astronomy and she's like no yeah. i can't predict the future i just can like i just i just, know, I just patterns. know science guys it's like that family guy skit where it's like the the pilgrim school and it's like well she got an A in the class. She got an A. You know what that means, class? She's a witch! And they start throwing rocks at her. Like, yeah. that was the same fucking thing. It was just playing off of uh, the that era of people's stupidity at the time. Or unknowingness. It's, yeah. you know, fear of the unknown bullshit or whatever. But then at the uh, same time, I was just like, why? Um, oh, no, I'm losing it. Shit. Sorry, you can, you can keep going. Okay. I'll try to find it. They definitely can have a sixth one though, with the after seeing like the Davy Jones post credit scene that they do, where it's oh, like, now I remember. I'm like, not dead and stuff. So like her being all into science, like the whole time she's like, curses don't exist. That's not a real thing. Magic doesn't exist. And the main character is just like, sure, 
it doesn't exist. And then when she like finally sees something supernatural, she's just like, holy shit, it's all real. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, they can definitely bring back the old cast plus the new ones. Uh, and it would probably be like the highest grossing work most of them would be doing for like a decade. Because I, I don't think any of them have been doing yeah. anything as big as these movies in a long time. Especially also now Johnny Depp technically, and now that he can for sure do it, kind of after everything recently. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where like I already said that I I did not like the last two movies, but I still would probably be interested in the sixth. Yeah, it's the, yeah, I'm like the fourth one sucked, the fifth one is okay. I'll take a sixth one easily, especially it's after. I'd rather <laughs> replace a Marvel movie in the year's calendar and have a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So that way I have one less Marvel thing I have to watch in that year. I'm dead serious. I would rather do that so easily. Also, because if you think about it, that would then increase the quality of these Marvel things instead of making them every single five seconds and losing their mojo very It is annoying to me that shit's like literally starting to overlap at this point like people are falling behind. i know people that have fallen behind on these they're like i can't keep up with them i've been watching uh uh she hulk and then like andor started up so now i'm watching she hulk and andor and i know those aren't like both marvel things but it's just like it's disney is just like overlapping everything and then there's other streamers too and it's, it's difficult that's why i stopped watching all the current stuff altogether and i'm just like watching horror stuff in one piece yeah um i'll get back to everything but yeah, like like I said, because we, we're not talking about Shulk and all that shit until November for sure. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, because the, the producer, I think it was Jerry Bruckheimer or someone, said like they're for sure still doing a sixth one. They're still working on it, and then there's also a reboot with Margot Robbie uh, as the main character for a new Pirates of the Caribbean, which will be interesting. But um, yeah. And I guess that's pretty much all we have time for. I think it's we're like an hour forty in now. At yeah, this we should point. really quit for now. Yeah. Uh, next week, let's see what I what I have left. Mayans, Ponyo, and Riverdale are the last three things. So I would like to get those done next week for sure, right. and hopefully, Injustice and Mortal Kombat actually too. I want all these things done. <laughs> I think we could do it, James. Uh, hopefully, there's less news next week also, but we'll see. Um, but that's been the show. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Side Talk. You can uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening or watching. If you can, that'd be great. And also give us a five-star review if it's Apple Podcasts. Rate, if it's, rate us if it's Spotify. And uh, like as well as subscribe if it's YouTube. Uh, you can also follow James on Twitter at InvaderGym124. And you could follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. You could also write into the show at SutureSideTalk at gmail.com. If you want to leave us feedback, whether it's comments or uh, a question for us to read on the show. And, of course, uh, coming up, like I said, for Side Talk next week, we're going to talk Cyberpunk Edgerunners and then all those shows I listed and stuff I'm going to try to talk about. Uh, like I said, Riverdale Season 6. Uh, the... What was the other thing? Um, Ponyo and Mayans Season 4. So I do want to get those out of the way, along with Injustice 2 and Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, the two weeks after that... Uh, one week will basically be pretty much all horror stuff, most likely. At the very least, Haunting a Blind Manor and whatever else we can throw in there. Um, and then uh, the last week of October, we're going to have uh, 
Werewolf by Night. I think that's what it's called. I already forgot the name. Yeah. The Werewolf movie, the Werewolf show yeah, movie, whatever it's, it's it is. Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. This, I think it's a special. Yeah, it's we'll like watch a single the, thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that and whatever other horror stuff we got uh, coming up uh, for Sutra Sidewatch. We're going to start amping up again. Uh, Brandon's been really busy, but uh, he's going to have a lot more free time now for the rest of this year, I think. So we're going to hit up our monster movies that we were doing along with hopefully after that Thunderball, which I'll let you know about, James. And uh, after that, we'll see what else we can get done, because I don't think we're going to get everything done we wanted to do this year. And we're just going to have to move some stuff next year. But uh, we're going to see how much we can still hit off. Uh, up to it, down to it is coming back potentially not this coming week, but the next week. Uh, we're going to talk about Dragon Con. Hopefully, Miles is his mic. If he has his new mic, we're going to record and talk about our experiences with that fucking convention because it's awesome. And uh, the Cut of Steel. We're going to have three episodes at least this year uh, before the year's up. Harley Quinn, uh, then Black Adam, and then Gotham Knights. Uh, for Harley Quinn. And Black Adam, I'm going to be actually looking for uh, potentially another podcaster, YouTuber that does DC stuff and potentially do like a crossover or something. I've still figured that out, but uh, we'll hit up that for that cartoon, the movie and the game. And uh, I don't think we'll get the uh, full big DC special that I wanted to do, but we'll see if it's going to be this year or not, uh, just because other stuff's been getting in the way and I wanted to get the TikTok stuff done, which I'm still doing. Um, but if we can, it would, at the soonest, it would probably be December, uh, most likely is when we would get that in. But we'll, we'll see what happens. And then uh, I think that's everything. And then, like I said before, uh, follow me on Twitch at GoGoComzilla because I'm going to be doing Extra Life uh, in October, in November, sorry. Uh, you can look up the date. Otherwise, I'll have the date next week, probably. I don't have it right now. Uh, and then uh, I think it's actually like, I want to say it's like November 9th or something. Uh, let me double check, actually. I think it's like November 12th is when it's going to happen. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like the second week of November, November of this year. Uh, but it, it'll be cool. Uh, and hopefully, maybe I can try to stream before that uh, later on this month with some horror games but uh we'll, we'll see what happens for sure otherwise i think that covers everything and sorry if i didn't enunciate at certain points i know i was talking real fast at some points where i got too excited or just was like blah, blah, blah. uh happens you know otherwise uh yeah that's everything and we'll catch you guys next week so long thanks for listening <laughs>